Welcome back to GMs for Hire. I am Matthew Perry alongside Will Polston. And today we thought we would take on kind of a controversial topic, something a lot of people have their thoughts on. Some agree, some disagree. Uh, it is whether or not Omar Vizquel should be a Hall of Famer. And um, he's entering his fourth year. It'll be next year, his fourth year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. He finished sixth this year uh, behind guys like Jeter, Walker, Schilling, uh, Bonds, and Clemens. But he's definitely gained some momentum in his first few years. And we just thought it would be a good idea to kind of take a side and, you know, see where we're at with the um, determination of him being in the Hall of Fame or not. So uh, we'll, we'll hear your thoughts first on whether or not you think Omar Vizquel should be a Hall of Famer, and we'll just go from there. So whenever I was taking a look into Omar Vizquel's career, I thought he was going to be a little bit more decorated. I remember him being a very well, uh, or I should say a very good hitting shortstop, he, amazing in the field, 11 gold gloves. Everybody knows that that's what he was known for. But whenever I took a look into his stats and hit and his accolades throughout his career, he didn't do as much as I thought. It was almost a little underwhelming and disappointing because I got to watch so much of Omar Vizquel whenever he was playing because he's played throughout the entire 2000s into 2012 as being his final year. Obviously, in those later years, he kind of tailed off a little bit from production standpoint, but that's because he wasn't being used as much. So, I mean, Omar Vizquel... Yes, was phenomenal in the beginning of his career. Unfortunately, I got to see the tail end of it. I mean, he played 24 years. I mean, he, he's been in the league for so long. Uh, and, and that kind of that kind of time and service time into the league should definitely be recognized, in my opinion. But I'm not sure if the Hall of Fame is where he belongs. Uh, I think he should very much be a Cleveland Indians Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, any any team that he's been with, I think he should be in that team's Hall of Fame because I'm sure he's done an outstanding job with that organization. He's always been uh, – he's always seemed to be a good teammate and uh, an amazing player wherever he goes. But uh, from a statistic standpoint and just some people that they've left off of the ballot uh, or I should say left out of the hall previously, I don't see where they could put him in, at least from my standpoint. Don't get me wrong. The 2021 additions to the MLB Hall of Fame ballot are a little lackluster. They're being headlined by Tim Hudson and Mark Burley. And if you ask me, neither one of them is a Hall of Famer. But And he's gaining some serious ground. He got over 50% on the last on 2020's ballot. But uh, personally, if I had a vote, I would not vote Omar Vizquel. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that's a bad point. Um, I'm, I'm personally going to straight up say I do think Omar Vizquel should be a Hall of Famer, and I do think he will be. Um, just looking at the number of votes he got last year, I mean, I think it's pretty inevitable at this point. But, yeah, I, I do think there are points that you made that make sense in determining why he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. But I think there are plenty that um, confirm that he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, there, he's, he's among one of the best defensive not just shortstops, but players of all time. I mean, you know, you think of guys like him, guys like Ozzie Smith, Luis Aparicio, they're also in the Hall of Fame for their defensive prowess. And I think it would be unfair if someone like Omar Vizquel was not to get in because of that, because guys like that have gotten in. I mean, he definitely carried his weight, you can you can say. I mean, he was consistent, like you said, 24 years, you know, someone wanted him and, 
even his last year when he hit what 235 which is nothing impressive you know at age 45 that's something and the fact that he was still even playing baseball at age 45 is something so I know you mentioned how he played 24 years and um I do think longevity should play into it somewhat but yeah I think overall he had a good career um Definitely not the best offensive career, but from what for what he's known for, which is his defense, uh, I see no problem. And, and he had, I mean, he had some good speed on the base pass. I mean, four hundred four career stolen bases is um, pretty good, I'd say. I mean, that's that's numbers you don't you won't see nowadays because running is almost completely out of the picture at this point. But yeah, I, I find it interesting impressive. that this is our second debate on Hall of Fame worthiness of an MLB player. And notice how both of the players have been very decorated defensively, but haven't exactly been all there offensively. And that just kind of shows you the weight that offense holds as opposed to defense in the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, if he was a 300 hitter with the amount of hits he has and everything such as that, I mean, everybody's going to be like, yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are you waiting for? But that the fact that he was just more of a defensive guy as opposed to, um, you know, an offensive genius, you know, ending ending a career with a 272 batting average, it's pretty solid. I mean, it, it, it's definitely above average, but it, is it one of those to where, you know, does it does it warrant the Hall of Fame? And, you know, with no other accolades to go with it, it kind of brings up that question mark, and I can see why people are a little bit hesitant. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. Yeah, Yadier Molina is also someone that, obviously, that we uh, covered. But, you know, he gets overlooked a lot just because he's more known for defense when, in the end, he's had some decent offensive seasons. I mean, he's definitely, like, like I just said, more known for his defense. But, um, yeah, offense is very important when it comes to that. You mentioned how uh, numbers – at least didn't really interest you when it came to Omar Vizquel making the Hall of Fame. Which numbers would that be specifically uh, that you that didn't really pop out to you? So whenever I was looking at his statistical breakdown, I figured the easiest way I could do it to try to compare him to see if he'd be a Hall of Famer is to try to find somebody who was or was not a borderline Hall of Famer. And the person I found was Keith Hernandez. And obviously I'm a big Cardinal fan. Uh, But whenever I look at the stats of Keith Hernandez, I was kind of shocked to see that he didn't make the Hall of Fame. And comparing his stats to Omar's, uh, it kind of made me realize that I I didn't want Vizquel to be in the Hall of Fame. Mainly, I guess mainly I just wanted Keith Hernandez to be in the Hall of Fame whenever I really think about it. Because Omar Vizquel was a great player. I mean, he was. Uh, And so, and I think, you know, greatness should be awarded. And to have 28 you know, over 2,800 hits, I think that deserves some some credit. But whenever I did a statistical breakdown, I took all of your, your normal stats. I took, you know, batting average, on base, slugging, OPS, uh, hits, home runs, RBIs, runs, and stolen bases. And whenever I was looking at it, I noticed that Keith Hernandez did better than Omar Vizquel in six of the nine categories that I mentioned. Uh, and some of those categories were not too significant. And so I tried to kind of find the the difference in what Omar did in 17 years, because that's how long Keith Hernandez played. So as I'm looking at this over here, I tried to, like I said, I compared Keith Hernandez and Omar Vizquel. And between the seven years, Omar Vizquel had 695 more hits 
than Keith Hernandez. And that's a good number being that he had 2,877, you know, in total, that's amazing. But over the last seven years, which was the difference in their playing career, uh, Omar Vizquel got 576 hits. So breaking it down in 17 years, Omar Vizquel only got 119 more hits than Keith Hernandez. And then the other category that they were pretty close in was runs. And in the last seven years of his career, Omar got 250 runs. And the difference between them was 321. So only a difference of 71 runs in, in a 17-year span between the two. Uh, so it the, the stats were really close with those. I didn't do it for the rest of the stats because all the rest of them were pretty, you know, pretty far off, at least for uh, the, the only other one that, Vizquel won with stolen bases, and I'm not going to compare because Keith Hernandez stole less than 300 than you know 300 less than Omar Vizquel. So uh, whenever it comes to that, Omar definitely has the upper hand. There's no question about that. But whenever you're looking at it, I mean, Keith Hernandez batted 296 compared to a 272 average for Omar Vizquel. Uh, as mentioned, the hits uh, in favor, but not really by much. Whenever you break it down to 17 years, uh, Omar more than du- or Keith Hernandez more than doubled the home runs uh, by Vizquel. Uh, he had 1,071 RBIs compared to Vizquel's 951. Uh, he had uh, – and then whenever it came to the on-base slugging and uh, OPS, uh, the there was a pretty substantial difference between the two, just to give you a, an idea of what it is since OPS is on-base and slugging. Uh, Vizquel's is 688 in his career, while Keith Hernandez's was 821. And so that should let you know that there's a bit of a significant difference between the two. So whenever I was looking at it, the more I kept looking into stats, I was not even concerned about Vizquel at that point. I was sitting here thinking, why is Keith Hernandez not a Hall of Famer? This is a guy who won the same amount of gold gloves, 11, which is outstanding. I want to say first at first base all time, uh, if not first second. He's definitely in the top. Uh, whenever it comes to gold gloves at first base. He's a five-time All-Star, which I don't care about All-Star games. I mean, they're especially now, their fan vote, I really don't care. Um, but he's a two-time Silver Slugger. He won a batting title. He's won two rings. He's even won an MVP back in 1979. And so the fact that Keith Hernandez wasn't in the Hall kind of shocked me. Uh, and because of that, with the comparison of Vizquel, I I almost couldn't. I was, gonna, I was sitting there looking at it. I'm like, if this guy's not in the Hall – how is Omar going to get into the hall? But it is a different time in baseball. So, yeah, um, I, I did I did fact check it, and Keith Hernandez does have the most uh, Gold Gloves at first base, eleven, um, most by any MLB player, actually. Um, oh, there's outfielders with more. I think. Oh no, yeah, I'm sorry, most by any MLB player among first basemen. I don't hey. know why they boarded it like that. I was going to say there's definitely people who have more yeah. than eleven, but. But, yeah, I mean, should Keith Hernandez be in the Hall of Fame? That We can make that a whole nother episode. But while we're here, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, you made some great points. I, I do think you sold Keith Hernandez a little bit more than Omar. Um, but nothing wrong with that. I, I, you know, Keith Hernandez, or guest cameo, um, I think he should be a Hall of Famer, sure. Um, but I also compared a player with Omar Vizquel, uh, that being Rabbit Moranville. Now, he played between 1912 and 1935. And trust me, I know that was a much different time than when Omar played, you know, in between from 89 to 2012. 
Back when pitchers could give up 12 runs and still throw a complete game. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> Back no... in 1912, they would have left Kyle Wright in the game, uh, in game three of the NLCS. That, that's Yeah, just... it, it was a much different time. But the, how similar their statistics are is pretty crazy. Both of them have an OPS plus of 82, which I know Rabbit Moranville had no idea what OPS plus was back then, but, you know, it's a big deal now. Um, both of their averages, uh, 272, 258. They played uh, 23 and 24 seasons. Um, Omar, the latter, um, both had uh, within 500 at-bats of each other, so I thought this was perfect to compare. Um, Omar Vizcal had more home runs than him and stolen bases, but, you know, everything else is pretty close. Runs are within a couple hundred, uh, over 1,000 um, overall. Hits, uh, 2,800 to 2,600. I mean, Hall of Fame voting was very different back then, I'm sure. Um, And they also didn't have gold gloves or silver sluggers or anything like that to compare it to back then. Uh, But Moranville had to do something, you know, to get into the Hall of Fame even back then. And from what I can see, I mean, he he received MVP votes in eight, eight of his 23 seasons. So he was definitely winning over somebody well enough to, you know, get some votes. Even in Johnny – I mean, not Johnny. In uh, 1914, he was second in an NL MVP voting behind Johnny Evers. Uh, So he even came that close. And, yeah, this was definitely a different time. Because now that I'm looking at this, Johnny Evers, you want to hear his MVP season? No, this ought to be good. Uh, He hit 279 with one, one home run and 40 RBIs. But he had 80, This he had was what year? Yeah, this is. But they have like 20 games? Like. I want to see who led the league in home runs in 1914 now. But his on base percentage was 390, which is good, but not even top of the league. It was Evers with one. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first guy to ever hit a home run. No, I see Sherry McGee had 15 home runs. Uh, Gabby Karavith. There's no way they were playing 162 back then. On Philadelphia, had 19 home runs. Uh, They were playing something close because I see a lot of guys, uh, 157 games, 158. Does it say say how many career games uh, between Rabbit and Viscal? Oh, yeah, that was another close thing too. Hold on. Yeah, um, career games. uh, I mean, obviously they only played a year difference, so – I mean, they, yeah. they could be pretty uh, tough if they played 162. Yeah, they played just less than 162, I believe, because one season Moranville had 156 games played and led the league. So I think that's around what they played. But um, Vizcal in his career played 2,968 games, and Moranville played 2,670. So yeah, it's not too you know, it all adds up. Um Vizcal never played 162 anyway. The most he played in the season was 158. So, actually, that's pretty close. Um, but the thing is, the, there were seasons where Moranville played nine games. Um, he must have been injured in 1927 because he – He had to go to the war back then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he – so That may have been part of it. Seven for 29 in his age 35 season. But um, – and he took, he took 1934 off, it looks like. There's definitely some holes here. Um, and Fiskel doesn't really have that many holes. I mean, towards the end of his career, he didn't play that many games, but I don't think he was starting when he was over 40 years old. Age 40, he played 145 games, and then it's all downhill from there. 
Right. Um, Viscal also wasn't injured much throughout his career, from my knowledge. I mean, That's true. Not, yeah, not, I mean, games wise, he he only went under 100 games, one, two, three, four, five, six out of his 24 years. Um, and even one, oh, and one of those was uh, strike shortened in uh, 1994. He only played 69 games. Still want to go glove that year. But yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to play 24 years and, you know, staying healthy is definitely part of it. Um, you can't get into the Hall of Fame for staying healthy, but the numbers he put up while in, I mean, they're telling me yes. And, you know, they're, they're slowly but surely voting him yes more and more. You know, I, I think next year will be his year. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, Keith Hernandez, though, I mean, that's a – that's something that we can't go back and change, but we can always discuss. We might guys who got screwed on the ballot. Yeah, we might save that for a whole other episode. We might put all that together. But um, is anybody else on the ballot kind of like does? Do they have your vote? Because honestly, if I was an M- if I was in the Writers Association and I had a ballot this upcoming season, I might turn it in blank. I mean, I don't know. Uh, nobody on that list. I mean, Schilling's the only person who's like dangerously close. Obviously, Vizquel had like 50, what was it, 52% last season. And so that's, you know, in year three, that's some pretty solid ground. But that, I, I don't know what that compares to to his first and second season. And none of the new guys coming in really catch my eye. I mean, if somebody had to get a vote, it'd be Kurt Schilling. And I don't even know if I want to give Kurt Schilling a vote. That could be a video too. I mean, he's him and Clemens are both going into their eighth, uh, going into their ninth time on the ballot. So, uh, yeah. are are they going to be in the Hall of Fame? You know, I hey, mean, it's interesting. Based on where they're at, I do think Schilling will get in. Uh, I mean, he's kind of an asshole, so I don't want him to get in. out. Clemens think. is definitely more the asshole than Schilling, but no, yeah, you could, no, you got to look up some of the stories with Schilling because he he got. Remember when he used to be on ESPN? You want to know why he's not yeah. on ESPN anymore? Mm, why? I don't know if I could talk about it, but all right, yeah, we might get demonetized. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Look it up. He said some. He said some dumb shit over his time, and I'll leave it at that. Um, he doesn't have many fans these days, but yeah, you can't you can't deny the career numbers. He had a good career. Um, I do think Schilling will get in. Uh, Clemens and Bonds will get closer. I think it'll come down to the tenth year. Um, good Bonds. I think I, like I said, I definitely think Omar is going to gain some ground. I might have to retract the statement on it next year being the year he gets in just because I think he needs to get a little further. Might give it another couple of years. I mean, he's got six more years. I mean, yeah. You know. I, yeah. And six within the next six years, he'll get in. I can guarantee that. Um, yeah. I, I could definitely like, whenever it comes to the the debate, like I feel like if I had a, if I had a chance, I feel like he's going to get in eventually. Like, I feel like to be this far three years in, I, I'd have to see what the ballot's going to look like after this year, because after this year, like I said, I, if I had a vote, I might honestly turn it in blank. I, I, I don't know if I could vote for anybody because, and, and you get up to 10 votes as a, as a writer, whenever you vote for the hall of fame. And frankly, like I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd use any more than one. Honestly, if I voted for somebody, it'd be Barry Bonds, but uh, it, that's just me. But I don't um, mind that. you know, what's that? I wouldn't mind that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do think we need to take a look at Barry Bonds um, just because it's such a polarizing topic. Uh, It's one of those to where like the MLB has to be the only sport that has the guys who are leaders at 
two of their top categories not be in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. you're not going to see the NFL have – what is, is Drew Brees lead the, the – like, and – NFL and passing touchdowns all time. Yeah, I guarantee when he he retires, he's going into the hall. Uh, I yeah. Wayne Gretzky most goals of all time. Is that correct? You know yep. he's in the hall. You know they're they're not going to not leave him in the hall. He's got the most points too. You know he's they're not going to not put him in the hall. The MLB is the only sport to where like you almost have to question who's in the hall because you, some of their best players have been left out. I mean Pete Rose has the most hits all time in their sport. I mean. Arguably Ichiro, if you consider Japan, but uh, it's still number two if you consider Ichiro's Japan hits, and he's he's not in the hall. Barry Bonds has the most home runs in history; he's not in the hall. It, it's one of those to where like the MLB has so many like players to where you could debate this just because d- nobody in the Writers Association knows what the hell they're talking about. It seems like like obviously, yeah, there's outside stuff that you could argue, but like even whenever we took a deeper dive into certain players, like. The fact that Yachty at what almost I want to say nine gold gloves or ten gold gloves, uh, being a very decorated player at catcher, especially when there hasn't been that many decorated catchers recently, uh, Omar Vizquel at eleven gold gloves, that's absolutely phenomenal. Top three in shortstops all time, like, and Keith Hernandez, as I mentioned earlier, being the most gold gloves in history for a first baseman, and then also going over some of the other accolades he has. The fact that these players like are debatable for the hall is so nuts. Like it, I feel like it shouldn't come down to that. Maybe that'll be a rant video. I do. Uh, that's that's let me, let me get on the, let me get on the, the MLB writers association. Let me get a vote in the ballot. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we could, we could definitely do something uh, on the channel where we all can submit. We'll do that. Ne- yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll, we'll plan Submit it your 2021 MLB yeah. Hall of Fame ballot. Next, next year. when it, our, this one, this, <laughs> Yeah. When it comes around, um, the four of us will get together. We'll submit our ballots and we'll, we'll talk about it on the, on the, uh, pod. I think yeah. that would be fantastic. That'd be dope. But, yeah. Regarding Barry Bonds. Um, yeah, I feel bad for Barry Bonds and especially Pete Rose. Pete Rose bet on himself and was, you know, right, he's not tanking games. Was he, right most of the time. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, you know, he he's betting that they're going to win because they were like the best team in baseball at the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the, big the big red, red machine, machine was going to win games. You don't bet against the big red machine, but yeah, oh. they're no, no, no Black Sox. They're not blowing any games, but I do think Pete Rose should be in hundred percent. I, I, I would like Barry Bonds to get in. I don't. Was the MLB? It's different because you have the whole steroid thing, and no other leagues really had to deal with any kind of substance scandal like that. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't um, even a scandal as a whole era. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I mean, Lance Armstrong doping is like a you know a cycling thing, but that that's that's cycling. You know, that's the cycling podcast problem. That's not what we're here for. Um, yeah, I, I think Live coverage of the Tour de France somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the French guys can handle that one, but. Um, Personally, looking at this ballot, I don't. None of the new guys uh, piqued my interest really. Uh, the guys that were on last year, Billy Wagner is entering his sixth year. I really like Billy Wagner. Uh, Four hundred twenty-two saves all time, a two thirty-one ERA. I mean, those numbers. Kind say of that's stand- top ten. Yeah, those stand out to me for sure. Uh, I mean, he's gaining. You're top ten time. in your position all time. How are you not in all? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll get there. He's got he's got a few more years, so. Not worried about that. Jeff Kent is entering his eighth year, and I really wish Jeff Kent would get some love because um, I know he wasn't the best teammate, but this isn't a Players Association uh, voting, so I'm not worried about that. 
Uh, I do think numbers prove that he deserves more love. Um, you know, he, 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 what can I say? He won MVP. I can tell you that. Um, and I know he was a very, very big part of those teams he played for earlier in his career, the, the Giants, the Mets, uh, and then towards the end of his career, the Dodgers. You know, I, I wish people he's, – he's the one that flies under the radar kind of. He reminds me of DJ LeMahieu nowadays. Like, DJ LeMahieu is winning batting titles now, and now that he's on the Yankees, I think he's getting more love. But he won a batting title on the Rockies, and he was still kind of – under the radar. I mean, look at the contract the Yankees signed him to. You know, that yeah, I used to, I used to say DJ LeMahieu was like the most underappreciated player in baseball. Yeah. And, so, and now he's gotten to the Yankees, and I feel like he's kind of blown up. Uh, I think yeah. obviously getting more recognition being on a team that wins more, and that's uh, – I mean, we I think we've talked about that on a different episode somewhere. But obviously if your team's winning more, you're going to get more appreciation. I mean, you can play well on a uh, – like somebody like uh, Sonny Gray. You know, Sonny Gray played phenomenal in Oakland, and, you know, he didn't exactly get the praise, you know. And then he went over to the Yankees, kind of had a rough patch out there, and everybody kind of assumed he was washed up. Everybody just kind of hated on him and everything like that. Fast forward to when he goes to Cincinnati, and he's pitched very decent, and yeah, not not Oakland numbers, but definitely not New York numbers, and, and nobody's talking about him anymore. Like, uh, yeah, he's overshadowed by Trevor Bauer, but, like, still, Sonny Gray had a decent season. And it's one of those to where, like, if you're on a lower market team, you're obviously not going to get talked about as much. And maybe that is why somebody such as Omar Vizquel may get overlooked. You know, uh, he's he's been on well, – what was the majority of his career has been on with the Indians, wasn't it? Uh, he spent 11 years with the Indians, but then he – I mean, he split some time with other teams. Uh, technically, most of his career was spent away from the Indians, but that's the longest he spent with one team. So Seattle, Cleveland, Giants, uh, Rangers, White Sox, and Blue Jays. But, yeah, 11 of the 24 years, as you mentioned, with the White – or with – yeah, with Cleveland, the Indians. And, I mean, he doesn't really have anything to show for it other than, you know, his gold gloves – and a couple all-star appearances. As I mentioned, he's not the he's not all accoladed out. He doesn't need, he doesn't have a ring. He doesn't have uh, I, I want to say he doesn't even have any like real significant playoff appearances. I don't I don't think the Indians ever made that serious of a run whenever he was with the team. Well, they made it to the World Series one of the years. Uh, the one they lost to Atlanta, or they made it two years. I'm sorry, ninety-five and ninety-seven against Atlanta and the Florida Marlins. Lost both series, obviously. And the Marlins are in the playoffs. Yeah. And in the World Series, he hit 174 and 233. So, and career, he's a 650 playoff. I mean, whoa, 250 playoff hitter. 650 would have been insane. Um, I thought you were reading like Randy Rosarina's stat line or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, in like 20 years, we'll be talking about his 2020 postseason statistics. But. But yeah, yeah, Vizquel was not the best in the postseason, but he's not known for anything other than his defense. And I mean, I think he should know for his speed a little bit more. I think that that goes under the radar as well. Uh, for well blind look, just a just a question for you. Blind look, eleven gold gloves and four hundred four stolen bases. Would you put him in the hall? Yeah, I mean that that that's my whole point is that you don't have to ask about average. And I know everyone loves the long ball these days, but the home run's not that important to me. Like, yes, it's important, but I don't think that determines a Hall of Famer. 
strictly based off home run count. Uh, it's impressive and it definitely helps, but I don't think it's needed if you're making up for it in defense. I think um, if my numbers are right, uh, the career leaders in defensive war, Vizquel ranks ninth all time. And, you know, the guys ahead of him, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, eight of the not, uh, sorry, seven of the eight in front of Vizquel are Hall of Famers, everyone except Mark Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you guys got, you got guys, Ozzy Smith, Brooks Robinson, Cowrickin Jr., Joe Tinker, who not many people know, uh, Luis Aparicio, Robert Moranville, as mentioned, and then Pudge Rodriguez. Those are fantastic talents. Um, Yeah, yeah. You you list that group off, and you would think they're all Hall of Famers. I mean, I don't know what Mark Bellinger did to hurt the voters, but I'd have to look further into that. I think I clicked Uh, on his name whenever I was looking. I don't think he was much of a hitter. I mean, not not many of these guys besides – Brooks Robinson and Cal Ripken Jr. and I guess Pudge Rodriguez were much of hitters. Yeah, I mean, Aparicio is known for his defense. I know Rabbit Moranville is. Ozzie Smith obviously is. Don't know much about Joe Tinker. Uh, he played. How do you spell that guy's last name? I'm typing it in and it's not coming up right. Which one? Uh, both. B E L A N G E R. That could be it. All right, sweet. Yeah. So Joe Tinker, I'm looking at him now. He played. <laughs> He played between 1902 and 1916, so I guess that would explain why I haven't heard of him. Um, he did win two titles and had MVP votes, but he was born in Orlando. Or no, I'm sorry, he died. He died in Orlando. You want to you want to know what uh, uh, Mark uh, Bellinger did to to piss off the Hall of Fame voters? Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a career 228 hitter. Uh, well, in 18 years. He managed to hit 228 and only accumulate uh, just over 1,300 hits. 1,300 hits in 18 years. In 18 years, I mean. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. <laughs> it, at his his career offensive WAR 14.7. Viscal? No, Bellinger. Oh, okay. I was like, Viscal has to be better than that. There's no way. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's the fact that you're not getting a WAR like one whole point for war every single year. Like, yeah. The scales is, is 32.9 offensively. That, that's much better. That makes more sense. I'm trying to, now I want to see guys. I want to compare that to guys with like that bad. Of, Bellinger had 228 average with only 20 home runs and was bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, he, he had an all-star. He had one all-star appearance back in 1976 whenever he batted 270. And and for some reason, he got MVP votes three years. Uh, one in which he, uh, let's see, he batted 287 one year. He batted 226 and 225 and got Hall of Fame votes. So uh, I don't know what the Hall of Fame voting was like back then, but I'm glad it's changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely raise some eyebrows every time I see a bunch of those old guys in the, in the hall of fame, just because I would like to know how they got there. Um, some of them, it makes sense. Obviously guys like Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb. I mean, those are, those are givens, but guys like, um, who was I? My guy, Joe Tinker over here. Uh, I guess his. I mean, maybe they tracked defensive war and just forgot about it for a time period, because his defensive war is fantastic. 
Uh, they never I feel like gold, gold gloves just aren't looked at the same. Or I feel like gold gloves is one of those awards that should have value and it just doesn't. They're, to be a solid defender goes a long way with your team because if you think about it, if you compared or if you took out somebody such as an Omar Vizquel to an average fielding shortstop, you're allowing more runs and, you know, throughout the season. And that could be the difference of games. You know, just having a good defensive player is obviously going to save you games in the long run. There's going to be plays that Omar Vizquel can make with his range. I mean, I've seen him make diving plays on the wrong side of second base being a shortstop. You know, he, he's got an amazing range. He's an amazing fielder. But, you know, if you put somebody out there with, you know, so-so range at shortstop and instead of Omar – like, remember when Johnny Peralta was a shortstop? That guy couldn't field to save his ass. Like, okay. he, he – as a guy who got to see him play uh, both on the Tigers, you know, facing them in the World Series and both on the Cardinals being a Cardinal fan, Johnny Peralta has no range. And the, if you put Johnny Peralta – on the defensive side of the ball where Omar Vizquel was like, you're not going to the world series of the Indians team. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, maybe at least that's my opinion because like gold gloves should be definitely appreciated because you could throw somebody like Johnny Peralta in a shortstop. Sure. You're going to get better offense in theory, but you're, you're not going to nearly save as much run. So I don't know. I, I always thought gold gloves should hold a little bit of weight. And I feel like they're kind of, because a lot of the gold glovers that have a lot of gold gloves and are in the Hall of Fame, they're decent hitters as well, such as like Brooks Robinson, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, uh, Johnny Bench won a ton of gold gloves and he was a great hitter. Uh, it, it, it goes on to say that like, you know, almost like the Hall of Fame is just the best hitter accolade is that's what it is. It's this, it just it really comes down to, and that's why these debate videos make sense. I mean. Because somebody who almost gets damn near 3,000 hits should be in the Hall of Fame, at least in my opinion. You know, that's a, that's a really impressive feat. If you can get 3,000, it's not a it's a pretty it's not an, a pretty exclusive club, but I mean, it's not easy by any means. And so, I don't know. Uh, personally, again, just looking at it, Omar Vizquel. I guess honestly, with this ballot coming up, he may have my vote just because nobody yeah. else does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, else you're giving it to i mean right and like i said i'm either going to be a rebel and hand in a blank ballot or i'm going to i gotta vote somebody you know and so i don't know it's just i don't know if there's like a minimum that you have to vote in the hall of fame i I think there is i think that it has to be at least like a few well if i had to give a few four of them if i had to give a few i'm definitely putting viscal in just with the collective because the collective coming in is piss poor. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the – I'd say one of the weaker classes we've seen in a minute. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I, I can't wait to see the, the classes that have uh, – some of the upcoming classes that are coming up are really going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, in a few years, I'm sure it'll get more exciting than this one. Um, but for now, it's kind of quiet when it comes to Hall of Famers, there's a chance, you know, if Schilling doesn't move that we don't have any Hall of Famers next year. And I don't remember the last time that happened. Um, I don't know. I tried to Google it and couldn't find anything. Yeah. It's definitely been a minute. Uh, but yeah, for now, um, we'll see what happens. I We do definitely think Omar Visco 
will at least move up in percentage just because, like you said, who else are they going to vote for? Um, but what do you guys think? You know, uh, let us know down below what you think of Omar Vizcal making the Hall of Fame. Uh, let us know your thoughts on his career, the offensive, defensive, how you value Hall of Famers, what you think of the uh, 1800s guys getting into the Hall of Fame, and yeah, whatever. But um, for Will Polston, I've been Matthew Perry. We have been the GMs for Hire, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you.